All right, y'all. Another episode of the B side. Remix your song and live out your dream. I am your DJ, DJ B side. And here, my guest, radio DJ of KUNV 91.5 in Las Vegas, Nevada. She is also the poet of the What Am I YouTube series. And she was the maid of honor of my wedding. And that's because she is my cousin. Cousin Woo! by marriage, Tina Marie. So, Tina Marie is the radio personality for KUNV's 91.5 Jazz and More that's located in Las Vegas. Ding, ding, ding. I am a poet and artist. I am also the creator of Art by Tina talents in natural art and i do have a web series who am i or what am i check it out everybody check it out check it out <laughs> i said exactly everything that you just said wow. you, you added five. you added the acting dramatics with your wendy with your wendy williams teacup that you have <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she has a cleaning tray full oh. of various, <laughs> various Look, drinking. Come prepared. For the come prepared. She can drink her tea and wipe down the counters at the and same I time, y'all. And drink water. You have a very compelling story that has been an inspiration to me and can absolutely be an inspiration to others. And Tina's story is a story of perseverance and sticking to her passion while overcoming loss. So we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. And lastly, uh, she has been an inspiration to me because I have a daily routine that I follow to keep myself uh, grateful, content, and to keep my glass of water half full. So it is more of a pleasure to have you on my show. You know, another feeling I had when I first got to know you, uh, well, I first knew of you, I was actually very jealous also. <laughs> I was jealous because at the time, by the way, as I mentioned before, Tina is my cousin by marriage. Nicole is my, is my second cousin. Yes. So Nicole is her second like cousin. First cousin. So it don't matter. Right. Don't do the right. Same third <laughs> So I was actually jealous because I had always wanted to go to a Prince concert and I never had a chance to go to a Prince concert. And you took Nicole to a Prince concert and I was so mad that you didn't give me the hookup to go. So I was jealous of you for a really long time. I, you've been an inspiration to me. And, you know, again, we'll kind of get into that. But... As we mentioned before, she is a radio personality at KUNV's Jazz and More in Las Vegas. However, uh, you just, you can, uh, you know, I got it. Everyone got what, what you do in radio. Okay. Don't they judge got it, me. They got it. Man, got me having writing scripts on my own show. Um, you just, so you actually are new to, this radio station, mm -hmm. um, but from what I understand, you did radio prior to that, like years ago. So how, like what made you, like what made you stop doing radio? And then, you know, years went by and then and what made you come back? Okay, so originally, <clears throat> I was doing radio um, for about seven years. I was the midday personality. I loved what I did, but it's it's a grinding. It, I mean, it, anything in the entertainment business is grinding. You have to grind. And so <laughs> I had been grinding. I had multiple jobs, multiple hustles going on. And when I say hustles, I don't mean that in a negative term. I mean that in just the grinding spirit, like that you're going to have this little side job, this side job, this side job. And I was working so much. I was having some conflicts at the actual radio station I was working at. Just not feeling appreciated 
for what I pro- what I provided, what I did. I had the number one um, midday spot in Vegas at the time. I was doing very very well, and you know it just it just the best life just got the best of me. So I decided to leave that and to pursue insurance, which is totally not at all. I didn't know I that you insurance you selling insurance. Nah, it wasn't even selling insurance. I was taking insurance claims. So it I still still yeah no, like, that's okay. that's probably why they laid me off. That was, my, <laughs> that was the first job I ever got laid off. <laughs> so I got laid off after a few months and they even let me go and they said, Hey, you know, it's not personality wise, you show up, you do what you're supposed to do, but you just not doing well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, okay. So I was unemployed for about a year. And of course, my uh, later husband, but at the time boyfriend was boy. Everything was you need a job, get a mm-hmm. job, get a mm-hmm. and and I went back to school to teach. So I decided to teach. I was going to become an art teacher and just pursue my my passions another way. Because mm-hmm. anything with me is art. Any right. any type of aspect of art, poetry, writing short stories, acting, um, it, it dance. Anything that's in the entertainment realm is up my alley. Mm-hmm. So I later decided I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get my master's degree. I'm going to teach what I love. Well, of course, plans would have it. Um, I got really close. Well, one of my sorority sisters, um, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, might I add. But anyway, one of my sorority sisters. <laughs> had to throw that in. Don't edit that out. <laughs> had to Let throw Nicole that in. hear that. <laughs> But close sores um, had, you know, kind of welcomed me into her school and I was subbing for her a lot. And tragically, she was murdered. She was murdered by her husband. Oh, my gosh. And I was supposed to take over her spot as the art teacher at that school. And it was it was just one of those like drastic, like, dang. Like, so I no longer wanted to continue at that school. It was too many memories of her and mm. I and our plans. It, it was just, it, it just, it left a really salty taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I opted to go another route and ended up getting hired at the university, which is uh, UNLV, got mm-hmm. hired at the university. I was working with a nonprofit organization that was federally funded through there. And even still, I would do a lot of like planning doing different things but life was just taking a toll for me i was so completely far removed from the entertainment world and what i love to do that i just didn't as much as i like i would cry about it i would cry over not you know being able to perform to get on the radio. and something about radio that's so amazing is that it's therapeutic mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to vent Yep. On the radio, you come yep. with your topics or your thoughts and you get to just unleash. And then you're like, OK, I'm done for today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. You know, so I was missing that. I felt like I had no true outlet. Well, my husband ended up. Well, he then transitioned into my husband years later. Things fast forward and he becomes ill. He gets diagnosed with mediastinal B cell lymphoma. Um, right after his 37th birthday. And so in in the in-between time, I've also dealt with my mother being sick, um, being diagnosed with breast cancer, then turning around. And then she, after her treatment, she then developed leukemia. I became her caregiver and I cared for her until the day she passed. So once again, it was a number of tumultuous different events that were going on in my life during the time that I had walked away from radio walked away from, you know, poetry and all of that. Hmm. And when my husband got sick, this was like seven years shy of my mother's passing, which my mother was my bestest friend. She was my rock, my everything. And that was a heavy hit to lose my mother. That was not a like, oh, I just a neighbor down the street. This was like somebody that really, really rocked me. Mm -hmm. And he was my, he became, of course, you know, of course he was the man of my life, but he became even more concrete in my life after my mother passed away. Right. And so when he gets diagnosed, 
I'm like sent through a whirlwind of emotions because it's a it's a complete smack in the face of what I've gone through with my mom. You know, it's all of those same feelings are like resurfacing and it just was a very uncomfortable place to be in. I, I couldn't find a therapist to save my life mm. that would fit or be conducive with my schedule. I didn't have any friends or family that had gone through anything remotely close to what I was going through. And so I, it, it's, a, it's a certain kind of feeling of isolation that you can kind of go through when you're not feeling like anybody relates. Everybody else is living their life and doing their things and you're just kind of feeling stuck. Like it's doctor's appointments. It's it's trying to figure out. By this time, I've also had a child. And right. so, you know, trying to play the, the role. And I had a great husband. So it wasn't like I had a husband who was, you know, just like, eh, like trash. <laughs> he was, he was, he actually was a great father. He, he was. Wanted a he, you know, he wanted a house and a home and a family unit and structure. And when he... Um, so when he was in his most critical time, I was having a hard time trying to manage it all. So, uh, one of my old tutors, cause I used to be a supervisor. And so one of my tutors came in and she was telling me, she said, Tina, and later became a really great friend of mine, but mm -hmm. she was like, Tina, why don't, um, you know, she was like, I'm doing this new creative writing exercise where you just start writing about random things. I said, huh? She said, I'm going to do this for every single year. I mean, for an entire, every single day for an entire year, I'm going to do this for that time. She was like, you want to commit with me? And I said, no, I don't have the time to commit to that, but I could say once a week. So I said, well, with the caveat that both she and I would say them together, you know, like we would share periodically um, where I kind of throw her one, she throws one to me. We do this one day random. And so we were doing it. And I was like, man, mine just seems so mediocre in comparison. <laughs> like hers was so abstract. And so I was like, I'm taking this candle and talking about it. I'm, you know, whatever. Well, needless to say, it became therapy for me. So I spent the next two, three years just writing just writing and just saying like man that was just my outlet it was something that i could do my husband would guess them right away or i would call different family members or friends and everybody would be like hey yeah wait wait i guessed it or where's my what am i for today i want to hear it <laughs> so that's kind of how i started you know with creating the what am i so to fast forward even further my husband passes away i find myself in a really really dark place now being a single mother something I did not ever seek to want to become. Not that there's a bad thing about it. It's just not what I wanted, you know? And um, I'm also having to deal with a three-year-old because my daughter was three at the time. So the nuances of that and trying to navigate her feelings and emotions of losing her father with my own. And it was a lot of other baggage that came along. Like um, I'll just kind of cover over the surface, but I no longer communicate with his family. And that was tumultuous, very, very tumultuous situation. And it was just difficult feeling like, oh, once again, I'm even more isolated now that he's passed away. And so I would write, but I wasn't writing as often. Mm -hmm. So about two years afterwards, I happened to have a conversation with a friend of mine who was in marketing. And I was telling him about some of my goals or what I would like to do. And he said, sometimes you just got to give your work away for free. Sometimes you have to just be able to, you know, get back into it. Tell people, you know, so that people could kind of like check you out. Just, you know, just see what you're about, what you got going on now, you know, because the more that you put yourself, you expose yourself and you put yourself out there, other people will then gravitate to it. And then that would make you more marketable for later on down the road, like whatever you plan on doing. So I immediately said, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I started recording a few videos. And so fast forward even more, my current GM was a good friend of mine. We worked together for many years at one of the previous radio stations that I worked at. And he called me up out of the blue in October because he has seen one of my what am I's and mm. was just like, hey, 
you know, what you into today? I mean, like, what you know, what you been doing? You know, I, I ran across your webinars on, on YouTube. You know, I just want to see what you're into. What, like, what are you, what are some goals and stuff you set for yourself? I explained it and he was like, let me help. Mm. <laughs> he was like, I got a proposition for you. Mm. And what was really nice that he said this and I had him on speakerphone and my daughter was in the car, but he talked about my work ethic. And he talked about how I've always been able to take a little of something and to cultivate it into something so big. And that um, he was like, you're exactly the kind of person I would want on my team. And when he said that, I was like, wow, that was like so impressive to me. Like, yeah. And, and I didn't I didn't anticipate it. I didn't seek it out. And so when he offered it and, you know, it took me a couple months to make my decision. But when I ran through all of the pros and all of the cons and said, yep, I'm going to do it. And so mm. I returned to radio after 10 years. I have been really enjoying being back on air, being back to something I love doing. Tell us about your radio show. Okay. So it is um, the station in and of itself is contemporary jazz and more. And when I say more, you may get a Jill Scott song or um, a Gerald Albright song or a Phil Collins song for that matter. It's okay. like, or Cindy Lauper. Um, but for the most part, it is a contemporary uh, jazz station. So it's 91.5 jazz and more. Uh, you can go to KUNV.org forward slash membership and even make a pledge or a donation, but it is public radio. So, um, you know, we have, we have some freedoms in public radio. We also have some, you know, some things that we just have to do in public right. radio, but it still is a great experience and I'm loving it. So I come on Monday through Fridays from seven to 10 PM and my show is titled the late night flavor. Late, late night flavor. Yeah. Sound like a quiet storm. <laughs> I am your baby girl, Tina Marie. And we're going to play some Cindy Lopper. Time after time. Time <laughs> Well, what I also like to do is, and then before I kind of get into some other things I want to get into, for every last one of my guests, I always like to journey through the backstory. So I like to learn about all of my guests as how all of these passions started. So let's start back as to when you were a kid. Tell us about your childhood. Back down memory lane. I started off at three years old dancing. Okay. That became a true love of mine. I studied under Catherine Dunham's technique. Um, I started getting into acting when I was probably about six. And acting is I'd probably say by far, hands down, that is my first true love. Like acting is what, there is nothing like being on a stage <laughs> and performing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even more so, TV is great. Um, movies are great. But it's something about theater because it's so authentic. It's mm -hmm. so, and when that bug bit me, I remember being three and my mother would say, I would run around the house, kicking my legs up, talking about I'm going to be a solid gold dancer. <laughs> solid gold. They used to dance like this. They leg up. <laughs> when um, my mother, my mother ended up putting me at ETA theater on the South side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking dance and voice lessons and acting lessons. And the first time that I could audition for one of the main stage plays, I did. And I got in, I got a lead part, which was surprising. I was one of the leads. I wasn't the lead. I was one of the leads. And um, it just turned out to be a really great experience. And after that, after having my first like true show, I bit the acting bug so bad. So mm. it was like, that's what I want to do, mom. That's what I want to do. Now I did, I was Little Miss Chicago, Little Miss Illinois. I used to do the pageants back in the day. Um, I even got- L Little, little Magic, Turner. like from Living Color. <laughs> it was like Little yeah, Magic. Yeah, <laughs> Little Magic, Little Magic. So, um, so yeah, okay. So then I remember my mom telling me 
that I need to hone in on one particular aspect because she's like, Tina, you kind of want to do a little bit of everything. And I'm not saying you can't do a little bit of everything, but you have to find something, you know, you got to be, you got to get good at something. <laughs> you can't just be like a little here, a little there, a little there. Mm -hmm. So she, um, she was encouraging me. She kept saying, well, what do you really want to do? What do you really want to do? And I kept thinking about it, going back and forth. And then I happened to be watching a, uh, one of the, I don't know if it was the Emmy, Grammy. I don't know what, what kind of award show it was, but Debbie Allen came up there and she was being nominated for something and said she was a producer slash actress slash choreographer slash director. So I was like, that's what I want to be, mommy. That's what I want to be. I want to have the hyphens. I want to be the hyphens. So I didn't see anything wrong with it. I Even though my mother told me that, I still felt like, nah, I can still be all of that. Right. And so that's where when I got to college, I really just put all my eggs into acting for the mo for the most part. But I hated the program so much at my university. It was extremely racist. And um, I didn't Hollywood. feel like I got a lot of opportunity. You, you had an early lesson about Hollywood, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was it was not at, nothing about it was universal. OK, <laughs> so I hated the experience so much that I switched my major from theater to, and I started thinking, what else could I do? I loved my university, but I just did not want to stay in this department. So I opted for radio. I said, okay, I'm a, I'm a still be acting, <laughs> be acting behind a mic. You know, they just don't see me. And I started pursuing it, but of course nothing for me has ever been easy. Um, I like to quote, life for me ain't been no crystal stare all the time from the Langston Hughes mother to son poem. Life for me ain't been no crystal stare. And so it was not difficult. It wasn't easy at all. Back in college, I used to clean like the coach's house to the football team. I used hmm. to work multiple jobs. I used to tutor the football team. <laughs> I used to, Man. I mean, I did almost every kind of job and worked in a factory. I did it all, waited tables. So you didn't ask me this, but sidebar to any young person that's listening to any, don't, don't ever hesitate to be willing to get your hands dirty and to work hard for what you want. One of the jocks had told me, he said, sometimes you got to take a step back in order to take a step forward. That's absolutely so, right. He was right. Leave a commercial radio station to go down to a public station. But at that public station, I was able to thrive. I was able to grow. I was able to learn. And it brought so many different opportunities. Like uh, the people that I was able to enter, like when you brought up the Prince concert, you know, the stuff that would fall in my lap or the people that they would say, hey, today we need you to interview on the spot. Just like we want you to interview uh, so-and-so. You're like, okay, <laughs> I guess, okay, well, nice to meet you. Hi, how you doing? Um, so it, it, it has been very humbling for me because nothing has ever, like I said, nothing has ever come easy. Nothing has ever been like, but because of who I know or because of the relationships I've cultivated, it has always seemed to help me out at some point. So, um, you know, just after my husband passed and then for me to get the opportunity to be doing radio. And then I take heed too to advice that's provided. You know, you have to be able to filter and decipher what is beneficial, what is not beneficial. But if something, you know, like recently, Brian, you gave me a suggestion about something and I utilized it and it worked out. It it, it was it was a game. It looks so great, by the way. Never, looks amazing, by the way. Thank you. Yes. So it's like trying to make sure that you never shut. Don't ever get too big that you shut people out and you don't listen to, you know, now granted. Yeah, there are going to be some garbage folks that will hate. There's going to be some haters. Yep, it is. But you got to be able to decipher and figure out what is really beneficial. What can I hold on to? And don't be afraid to consistently keep learning and learning from anybody. Right. Yeah. And, and I like what you said about don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. So this you are right on point, right on point when you say that, Tina. And by the way, I stopped drinking because uh, I find out and I say this almost all of my episodes. 
if I'm drinking more than the person that I'm interviewing, um, my line of questioning and then my ability to listen to responses go a little bit downhill. So <laughs> I'm drinking water. So good. thank you. Thank you, Cousin Tina, for wasting a really good glass of rum <laughs> and mango juice. I want to reference episode, I want to say episode three, um, Marcus Daly. And he is a real estate entrepreneur. And he said when he started, he had to get his hands dirty when he's doing hands-on things and getting properties ready and everything like that. He told me he does things such as pick up dead cats, dead squirrels, um, all that stuff. And, you know, he had to do what he had to do to kind of start his enterprise. And, you know, and he's doing well right now. One other thing that you mentioned was those relationships. Relationships is the most valuable asset. Money can come, money can go, but your most valuable asset are those relationships. And if you have those solid relationships, the opportunity will find itself. So wanted to point that out. And then you were just so on point when, when you bring that up. There's two, two major things, even with having, like if you pointing that part out, the first one is it's your name. Your name means so much. So be a person of character, be a person who like you, you mean what you say, say what you mean, be someone who is going to be hardworking you know, who's going to be diligent, who's going to take it seriously. And if you possess those qualities, other people are going to see that. Mm -hmm. And so that will even start the formation of a lot of those relationships because when a person sees, hey, you show up. Like, I worked for years interning at, at the radio station where it wasn't no paycheck at all. Right, But right. it was for years of... You know, nope, you need me to be on the street team. You need me to do this. You need me to do that where I was grinding. And that's what, primarily why I worked so hard at multi, uh, multiple jobs because it was like, number one, I like to live comfortably. <laughs> number two, one paycheck alone was not getting me by. So I had to be able to work very diligently. There's not many things I can tell you that I haven't done. I mean, of course, with, with character. Right. There's not many of course. things that I can say that I haven't at least tried my hand at. And the reason is, is because sometimes you sometimes you just got to get your feet wet. If you know that there are things that you want to accomplish and do, you got to be able to look at the bigger picture. And I think even for me starting my own company and having Art by Tina, Talents in Natural Art, this is where, it, you know, if I break it down. So the acronym Tina, T-I-N-A, not only is my name. But when, when, when we do break it down, talents and natural arts, it's all the talents that I possess. And then it's in natural arts because a lot of this stuff I was not, I was trained to be an actress, I was, and I was trained in dance. But in my art, my painting abilities, I wasn't really trained. I, I would take a class here or there or, you know, my degree is not in it. I just love to paint. I love to create stuff, poetry. Um, creative writing. It's all stuff that the, the very first screenplay I ever wrote, I just sat down to do it. And then I looked back because I you didn't do screenplays too. Yeah, I wrote a screenplay. I didn't know that. I, I want to work on that and get that out at some point too. Yeah. So my first, like when I was talking to the friend who was, a, who was in marketing, it's really about a book. I, I want to put out a book of my what am I. But in order to get to that point, you got to have people that want to buy them, right? <laughs> you got to be able to build a following and create that. Now, I know that there's been a number of people who have listened, even including you, who have listened and knows more of the intricate, the details behind my pains, right? Uh, uh, the stories that I've gone through. But I'm not at that place yet to where I'm ready to push that out to the world and maybe because it's just so difficult for me I like I'm just now trying to get back into my happy trying to find my joy after all of the pain well a really good segue I was going to ask you one particular question but I might get to that later so as I mentioned before 
And as Tina has mentioned, she's experienced some significant losses. Hey, Jada, how are you? <laughs> hey, Tori. <laughs> well, okay, y'all gonna have y'all a little quick little 15 minutes of fame. Love you, okay. Tori. All right. Say bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. As I mentioned before, you know, you've experienced some significant losses. And, you know, you mentioned your mom and your husband. But then I also think about, you know, you lost your friend, too, in a very, very tragic way. Uh, the friend that was the teacher at the school. Mm -hmm. So, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it was there. And then your mom and then... Your husband, my grandmother, cousins. and your grandmother, cousins. Yeah, Aunt. absolutely. This makes me think of the time where I first, like, really got to know you, and that was during the family reunion in Biloxi mm -hmm. in 2018. Yeah, 2018. And I myself was going through a situation, uh, not nearly as what you were going through but nonetheless it was my situation that got me really really low i think the turning point of me getting to know you or the turning point as to when you and i like connected was when we sat down at that seafood restaurant mm -hmm. and you know i told you you know the situation i was dealing with and um and i had um and i think i felt bad talking about it because it nowhere near compared to your situation but then i was just struggling as to how am i going to get past this and you suggested something to me that i do to this day and you suggested to me and listeners i've mentioned this probably my last episode as well, to take a journal and to notate what you are grateful for every single day. And I have done that to this day. I cannot tell you, and as well as my listeners, how powerful that was and how powerful it is now. Because what that does and what I've learned, what that does is it builds muscle memory. Muscle memory is like if you're practicing for a sport or acting or whatever, you develop, you do the same kind of routine over and over and over and over so you can develop muscle memory so it can be automatic. Well, what this journal does and doing every single day and as tedious as it is, it develops a muscle memory to keep your glass of water half full every day. That no matter how bad the day is, it'll train your mind, train your spirit to look at things in a positive way. And I got to tell you, Tina, it has got me through. And I do that to this day. I don't think I have ever thanked you for that. But I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And that was truly, truly God talking to me through you to do that. Um, but I want to thank you for that. And, and I, I really appreciate that. So well, you're welcome. thank you. Thank you. And I like the way, I like the way you talked about it and how much thought and how in depth you went, even in explaining it lets me know how much it resonated with you because not only creating the muscle memory to help you get through it, but even when you're writing it, trying to focus on doing different ones every single day every day so, every day yeah so so that you're not try try to see how long you could go before you repeat another one because that and at the time that i told you that that was a very low spot for me <laughs> and yeah. then during that time that was i was very close to right after my husband had passed there's a lot of things that we have to always stop and say you know what yeah there is all this negativity yes but where is the positive? Because when, and then when you focus, when you focus your energies on the positive energy, that's what you're going to attract. Right. That's what you're going to start 
noticing and gaining, you know, because it's, it's, it's amazing to me. You're still doing this and still doing other stuff. Yep. And, and developing that muscle memory and having your mind look at things in a positive way. And I'm glad you brought up the example of the pandemic. It's like, you can easily think the negative and just think, okay, there's a pandemic. I'm locked down. Uh, I don't have a job or I'm not making as much money. You can go down the list. I looked at it as, well, all the things I've always wanted to do, I actually have the time to do it now. So let me start this podcast because radio was actually a passion of mine. It actually is to this day now. And, and I say this in mostly all of my episodes the very thing that I missed since graduating in college, probably the only thing I missed about college, um, <laughs> was doing a, college wait, radio. A Zeta, a, a, a Z5B, what, what was you? <laughs> I was a Zeta gent, <laughs> ladies Zeta and gentlemen. Zeta. You know you missed that. <laughs> I was listening to Robin Roberts said, change the way you think in order to change the way you feel. Mm. So if you start focusing on, I get to do this. I, I have the capabilities of doing this. I want this, so I deserve it. I'm going after it, right? <laughs> if you change your mindset about certain things, you won't look at it as being so daunting or so annoying. And I feel like in, in multiple things that I've been kind of immersing myself in lately, it's been a constant theme of you're not too old. You can accomplish whatever it is you set your mind to. It just takes you to get up off the couch and don't watch Netflix and make a decision and then do what you need to do. Do you remember how you used to always want to do battles with me and you would lose all the time? Without what, music battles? battles? <laughs> yes. Oh, you would still lose. <laughs> no, you, you was... lose. No, you would lose. Not me. Okay, you. we haven't. We have not had a battle for you to even claim that. So every time people come around me, hey, 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 I could play a better song. I tell you what. I tell you what. We we gonna do this. Get you a Twitch page, okay? I told you about Twitch, and me and you can do a live battle, okay? We gonna have our own verses. We can have our own version of verses <laughs> and we can battle it out. Yeah. Now you got me riled up now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anywho, made me just lose track of these notes. I, I was going to say something real deep and you didn't go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go, go mess that go, up. Go I'm so glad that you mentioned that Tina. Um, when you talk about age, because it's never too late. I mean, we think about successful people that started at a later age and became successful, like Colonel Sanders from K- Kentucky Fried Chicken. He started his franchise, I think, around in his 60s or something like that. I mean, and we could talk about the Bible when Abraham had his baby when he, <laughs> he was yeah. at an older age. We, we ain't going to have church right now. But anyway. I mean, we talk about uh, Morgan Freeman, where he didn't get his big break until I want to say around his forties, forties or fifties, and, and I believe the and same it was thing on with Sesame Sam Street. Sesame Street started in Sesame Street. Humble beginnings, to your point earlier, Tina. And I mean, I can go on and on with different examples. Sam Jackson, I, I believe too, as well, that uh, started at a later age. The one thing we never want to do, and I say this in all of my podcasts as well is we never want to be an old person and is about to step into the pearly gates, but then we look back and wish we didn't try something. I think about my friend whose dad passed away from cancer a couple years ago, and he had always mentioned that his dad was a very angry person, very, very angry. Him and his dad had a off and on ebbs and flows relationship. And I asked him, like, you know, why was why was he angry? And he said, the reason that my dad was an angry person is because his passion was in acting. And when he married my mom before I was born, 
my mom made him stop acting to get a regular job. And since then, he was in resentment and he hated the fact that he couldn't get back to the thing that he loved. And, you know, he ended up passing away. So that goes back to your point, Tina, of just going after it. You know what I mean? And it's not a matter of succeeding in what you're going after. It's a matter of at least trying. If you are, if you failed at it and failed at it a couple times, well, at least you can go back and say, hey, you know what? I tried. You know what I mean? And I tried the next thing. But you know what? I want to say, like, you, you said, like, three things I wanted to comment on. So hopefully I can remember it <laughs> since we talk about age. So you were saying how... Um, the the older that you, well well first you said something about resentment and you said that you have felt resentment from time to time like man why didn't I think another thing just like the muscle memory of training yourself with that is also the positive self talk so the self talk that we give ourselves right so that we're saying no you got this you can accomplish this you can do this. Then, and then when you get out of that place, it no longer is resentment. It's no longer regret. It's no longer any of those negative terms. It's because everything is, I did do it. I did try. I did attempt, right? And it can do nothing but, but pour back into that cup of, hey, self-love. Let me keep talking myself up. Let me still give myself good, positive self-talk. And what we don't realize sometimes is that that negative energy festers in our bodies and can also manifest in different ways, i.e. cancer, right? Yep. So if you're not doing what you love, if you're constantly are miserable and never feeling fulfilled, that, that goes all throughout your whole entire body, you know? And so it mm -hmm. can cause those Absolutely. cancer cells to rev up. It can cause other things to manifest in your world that may not have ever been there and and then the next thing is to to really focus on when you said about successful that's relative success is relative it's, it's from the perspective of the person who's going through it success may be you started a podcast success may be i put it on youtube and i get i've gotten some subscribers right success is relative mm. so i think if you not if it's not successful or not uh the thing the question about if it's successful no it is successful it's successful because you made it happen mm. so i think along the lines again about keeping keeping your mindset focused towards the positive focus towards that have full versus half empty you know and when we think about age i know because i thought about it myself too i thought like man but and i will just say it i'm 40 this year so i was like good lord like let's just say know, to my listeners i am older than tina <laughs> i ain't gonna reveal my age <laughs> i remember i remember the time when i was the youngest person in the room now i walk in i'll be like okay <laughs> So I I do think that all of us, every single person that's listening right now, all of us really do need to focus on the things that we want to accomplish and try to get it done in the time that you have on this earth. Because yep. none of us is promised tomorrow, as you've been able to see with this pandemic, yep. how many people have lost their lives, how many people, even the quality of life is no yep. longer what it used to be mm -hmm. due to them having COVID or being in the hospital for some other ailment. Life is just too short. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was I was really disheartened to hear about about my boy that just that just passed away. Um, um, oh, man. Shock G? I, from, yeah, Shock G. Mm. From, you know, because I can just remember like uh, years and years ago, we had hung out a couple of times. And he was just such a cool, like, I mean, he was always so cool. Like, just a lot of laughter, a lot of jokes, a lot of, it was just fun. He was, he was a fun person to hang out with or to be around. He didn't act pretentious in any kind of way. He wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, he was just a regular dude. Yeah. And 
that was something that always impressed me with him because other people that I've met were not always like that, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and the fact that he, I mean, like the first time we hung out, like he kicked it with us, like, like we went back like babies and pacifiers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so he just, um, but it's just sad that so many people have lost their lives and what you have today, every opportunity you have, take it today. Seize that moment. Carpe diem. Seize that moment today. Yes. You know? And even if you're like, okay, I know what I want to do. I have an idea what I want to do, but you don't know how to get there. Well, what is the next thing? It may not be, all right, from point A to point Z, maybe point B would be to learn about that thing. The analogy I always give is a video game. You focus on one level at a time. You don't focus on how you're going to beat the game. You're focusing on that one level. And then once you beat that level, then you go to the next one. And that's life itself. So wherever that you're at in your pursuit of your passion or your purpose, you focus on that moment. You focus on the next thing. And um, and you just try it. You know, I told my niece a couple years ago where she kind of got caught up in what her friends are doing based off of what she sees in social media. And I'm like, look, first off, that's a trap. Uh, second of all, just try anything. You know, you, 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 you're fresh out of college, you're in your 20s. Just try something that you think you're interested in. And if you fail at it um, or if you lose interest in it, okay, you can just mark it off and just say, hey, I tried it. Let me try something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But just try something because the most valuable thing in the world is not money. Money you can lose. And I said this before and money you can get back. But the one thing you can never, ever get back that you have one opportunity to use it. And that's time. So use it wisely. My next question to you, Tina Marie. Yeah. What's next? What's next for you? Um. Well, I really want I want my time slot to be the number one time slot out here. So it might be a little difficult because I'm doing contemporary jazz in comparison to like hip hop or you know R and B or whatever. But I would like to get my numbers up. I also really, really want to um, become an author. So I want to eventually in some shape, form or fashion, I want to get my book out. And I've also been toying with the idea of doing a one woman show. So that's one woman show. What what is that? Mm -hmm. Like um, something where like, Oh, when you go on stage, like when Mike Tyson did something on the stage, Mike Tyson did something like that. But I'm thinking about when, when, Oh gosh, what is that actor's name? And he did Huey P. Newton and Spike Lee recorded it, but he acted as if he was Huey P. Newton the whole time. But it would be a conglomerate of a whole lot of different talents that I possess and then compiling them together. Um, But you know, like these are all just like thoughts. What I wanted to suggest too, um, because I do it a lot, I visualize. I picture what it is that I want, where I see myself. And I never really thought about this because I think just the creative of me naturally drifts off and (laughs) be in la la land, right? But I think that there's something to it because I have gone back and looked at old journals of, of recent or like old poems or writings. As a matter of fact, I manifested Joey and never even knew it. Mm. because even in my screenplay, some of the characteristics, the things that I talked about, the the concerns or whatever, was wait was these, I had wrote this stuff way before I had ever met my husband. But mm. a lot of those same nuances and intricate details happened in my relationship, which is so it's, ironic. It's so funny about journals. And it's funny you mentioned that, Tina, because I've had journals that I've kept for a long time. I actually have two different journals. I have journals of dreams that I've had, like actual dreams. I have journals, uh, like a spiritual journal, which I feel that what God is telling me or what he's leading me to do, what I think that he's telling me to do. And it's funny when you go back and look at that, you're like, wow, that's what that meant. Like, 
And it's funny you mentioned that you manifested your husband in one of your journals because looking at my dream journal, I actually manifested Nicole in one of my dreams. So it's interesting you mentioned about journals. And I think it's important for us to journal. Um, not to kind of go off the rails here, but, you know, some people may think, well, a journal sounds cool, but I'm not going to walk around with a, with a notepad everywhere I go and I'm not going to think about writing in it. Well, now we're in a very high tech technology world. Where exactly. Uh, I put my journal in Microsoft OneNote, which is notated in the cloud, a secure cloud. You can do it on Google as well, or you can have a Word doc in your phone. Um, so there is a way that you can journal and it's realistic for everyone. So I, I just I, I just thought that was thought that was ironic that you uh, brought that up. Yeah, because it's, it's it's so it's so pertinent. And I think I remember another time when my husband, he did the same thing. He had looked back and he handed me the sheet of paper that he wrote when he was in college. He's like, look at this. And every single thing he had it, he had obtained it. It was something that he had wrote and said, I want and never even went back and looked at it you know, very often or frequently. And so mm. what I would say is that a lot of times visualize, start thinking about the things that you want. And I say that to you, I, I'm saying it to encourage myself to continue to keep doing it. I'm saying it for any listener who's tuning in to make sure that you stop and you picture, be as detailed and elaborate as you want in your mind. Like, okay, my hair is going to look like this. And I want <laughs> that. I have a lot of fun in doing that, but I noticed that it really does come to fruition. Um, another thing I used to always say this, and I still mean it today. When I was talking about success and how it's relative, right? For me personally, I want to know that, am I, do, can I live comfortably? And am I doing what I love to do? I don't have to, you know, Jada's asked me before, mommy, you want to be famous? You want to be famous? I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't need to be where I can't go to the store or I can't go do stuff. And, you know, everybody knowing who you are and what you know, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need all of that. Mm -hmm. What I want to know is, can I live comfortably and do the things I want to do, but still love what I do, what I provide to the world? What if I can wake up every morning and feel like, yep thumbs up you know something i didn't mention in here that i have all i've always talked to when i used to teach i used to talk to my kids about i had an experience one time i kept saying all i gotta do is work for oprah if give me six months to a year to work for oprah she gonna see my talent i'm gonna be in i just knew all i needed was that that was the vision that i set out there i wrote about it i talked it up i shared it with the world so one day I'm just, I'm, I was on radio. I was really like getting that itch to want to move and grow more. So I sent out all my air checks and my resumes to like 40 different places. I decided to send it one to the human resource department and one to the internship. They had a, a internship or something that was going on with, uh, with Harpo Productions. So mm -hmm. I sent it to both of them. Months, months had gone by. So I think we're about the fourth, fifth month. I come home from the radio and I would get off at two o'clock. So I got home at about three and I have a voicemail that says, Hey, this is Terrence. I'm going I'm to throw his name out there. <laughs> hey, this is Terrence calling from Harpo Productions. You know, we want to offer you either an opportunity to work with the XFM radio station or to work with Harpo Productions. Mm. You can give me a call back. My mom was still alive at this time. Mm -hmm. And me and Joey were fresh, right? So I was running through the house. Ah, <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. I was running to <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. So it was three o'clock my time, you know, like on the East Coast time. You know, it was like five, five, mm -hmm. six o'clock. But I immediately called back. I never once had thought put my cell phone number. Cause back then it, cell phones weren't quite as like we had them, but it wasn't, it used to, everybody still had a main line. At, at right. home. I put my home number because I felt like that was more secure. Mm -hmm. Oh, I called every single day for two weeks. Nobody called me back. I happened to be talking to, I don't talk to this person no more, but we were good friends back then. 
and he's in the business and he told me he said tina if first of all you know you know what that's about i said no i don't know what it's about he said they moved on and they're not going to take the time to call you back to tell you they moved on you weren't available you missed the call so they moved mm. on to someone else mm. i continued to call i just stopped leaving a message after the two weeks i continued to call for another month and a half when i tell you how bad i cried i, I mean like i felt like you know because that was one of those experiences where i felt like why didn't god allow like why would you allow me to get to that point but not allow me to see it through what happened mm -hmm. <laughs> what happened mm -hmm. but you got to also remember that all things will turn out for your good who is a believer in he right mm -hmm. so ultimately for whatever reason it was not intended i, I probably would have never gotten married to joe i would have never had a lot of the same life experiences had i gone that route and we never know maybe it was a bigger purpose design you know but man when i tell you there's something that made me sick for weeks months <laughs> i was so sick and i felt like that like can you imagine you you've manifested you've talked about it you've been like yes the opportunity got presented and i was not i gave them the house number and <laughs> oh but when i would tell my kids i would always tell them that's why you always have to have a detour doesn't mean you can't still get to your destination but you got to have an alternate route I just so happened I had to create an alternate route. I believe God allowed you to experience that so he can show you your worth. He can show you your value, that like you are valuable to a company such as this. So I you weren't meant that. to be there. Man, Brent, you were not that. meant to be there. Your value was meant to go somewhere else. Because a lot of us, we go after something and it's right there in front of us and we have it dangled in front of us, but then it gets taken away. And yes, you know, our initial reaction is to be crushed by it. You know, we're human. But going back to the muscle memory and just looking at things with a glass of water half full, you have to understand that, hey, I got this far because I was recognized as valuable enough to get here. So let me use that as a fuel of my confidence that I can know that I can pursue this anywhere else. Yeah. Yep. That is, I mean, I'm going to tell you, that is a true revelation for me because out of all of these years, that, that never, that never came to my mind on my own. That didn't come from anybody else because that makes all the sense in the world. That That's a, like a sense of validation. And, that, and, you know, I was recently talking to another cousin of mine and we were saying how as you can be as self-confident, like have all the confidence in the world, but it sucks to be in a business that you're validated based upon the likes. You're mm -hmm. validated based upon how many other people like your work. And... It, it becomes, it's one of those things you got to always work on keeping your self-esteem separate from, you know, like you got to protect your self-esteem because if not, if you base it upon how many people like you, dislike you, don't like your work, man, you can start feeling like I'm a slimmer wrist, you know? <laughs> so it's, it, it, that's another part of it, of the validation. And I think that so often you wonder, is my work good enough? Is my wait? I know it might be good, like it's good, but is it like good, like I could go to the Apollo, or is it like good that I could perform, you know, on a big stage somewhere on like Broadway? Is it good, like that? You know, you you're constantly questioning whether or not your work is valuable, and that 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 is icing on the cake. Yeah, because the fact that if they were to to reach out to me, it's like, oh, you must have saw something. That's and nice. it's and it's not no mom pop studio, not Pookie and them studio. Not Pookie and them studio. It is Oprah Winfrey, right? It is Oprah Winfrey. Oh, so it 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 is Miss Sophia. You know what I mean? So hard for the like that. <laughs> Whoa, Miss Sophia home. Pass me them peas. Um, so that alone 
Tina yeah. should give you the fuel to get you to the place where you want your radio show to be. Because if you get that kind of recognition from a big conglomerate such as that and find your value, do you need some tissue? I know. Bringing me the tea. <laughs> Give me some tissue, Tito. <laughs> Jermaine, stop teasing. Okay. Anyway, uh, again, we're showing our age. Um, but, but that alone right there should tell you, you have what it takes to get your radio show above and beyond what you're expecting it to be. Right. Right. Wait, now you got to pull out the horn. And, and that being said, this is the B-Side Show. I want to remind my listeners, as I did not do in the beginning, but I'm going to do so now. Please make sure that you subscribe to this channel as well as hit the like button if you like what you see or hear. Even if you don't, please hit the like button anyway. But without further ado, once again, I am DJ B-Side, the B-Side Show, with my special guest, Tina Marie. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. <laughs>